Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, everyone, this is John Roca. You know me, the outlaw. Well, I got something to tell you. You got to watch Unsolved Mysteries free on Pluto TV. Watch 24-7 episodes of the classic true crime show featuring Robert Stack on its own channel. You remember that show? I love it. He'd come in with that trench coat, be like, hey, Unsolved Mysteries. Pluto TV is free TV with over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand all for free. No credit card needed. No sign up. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Download Pluto TV for free on all your favorite devices today. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Amy and I have seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and we're non-spoiler going to talk about it. I can't wait. If we can find the words. Uh, we will be sharing a bunch of other people's thoughts because we haven't seen Aquaman yet, but several people have, and the social media embargo is up, and the buzz is beginning for Aquaman. And we have Chris Pranowski in studio. I am so hey. excited to talk about all things with you, sir. Hey, guys. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I, uh... I like your outfit. Yeah. <laughs> the, so the Wonder the, Twins came in today. The same outfit. We literally, yeah. I, I didn't think I was living that life, <laughs> yeah. but apparently. They didn't tell yeah. me, so instead I wore this shirt. But yeah. these guys. Where are your glasses? I just, I failed. <laughs> this Rainbow exact outfit. Sands. It's yeah. really impressive. Get in formation, Corey. The Oscars <laughs> best dressed goes to. You guys have done it. I'm impressed. <laughs> so this is episode 281. It is November. It is exciting. I am very excited to talk about this incredible lineup of movies that are coming out now we have seen spider-verse but it comes out in december so we're not gonna be those people not a spoiler will be shed we're just gonna generally talk thoughts feels excitement tone (laughs) somehow somehow we're gonna discuss this without giving anything away now the first bit is news 
They announced just yesterday we are definitely getting a sequel and we are definitely getting a Spider Women movie. Now this whoa, whoa, is whoa, fantastic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh yes, yes, yes. I mean, I know I put it in the thing, but I'm excited. <laughs> uh, this, first of all, probably a, a, as you can imagine, a very good sign uh, that two weeks before the movie comes out, we are already like, no, 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 just start the ball rolling. Make more, give us more, give us more of these. Uh, so the Spider Women film will be kind of a spinoff. They said it's going to focus on multiple generations of Spider characters, as we know from the comics and from watching this movie. Like there are a wealth of um, of characters they can choose from for this. Do you have anyone in particular? Do you know the Spider Women well? The, I, the, the, the... I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting at this table. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to see in the next movie? Wow, man. Well. Yeah, see, here, I'm conflicted, too, because I also know stuff about this <laughs> movie that I can't talk about because I may, may or removal. may not have worked on parts of it. Because uh, we have to isolation yeah. chamber, yeah, Chris, yeah. Like, on this. Yeah, yeah. Theoretically, um, I would enjoy. I mean, Gwen Stacy's always a good choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, that's, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. I'm, and it does it seem, it, it was yeah. a plausible guess, even before any of us had seen the movie, yeah. uh, just from the ads, we, we yeah. could all kind of, first of all, I mean, we, I can speak for comic book fandom. As soon as you meet Spider-Gwen, as com- dreamed up by Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez, you fall, you're like, oh, yes, why weren't you always a Ever. thing? Yeah. Like, she just kind of burst onto the scene, like, like Harley in Batman the Animated Series, where you're like, oh, you're in the family now, great. She also did the Bucky thing where I forgave all of my can't-bring-Gwen Stacy back yeah, in they, an instant. They yeah. broke an unbreakable rule, and <laughs> yeah. they pulled it off. As dead as Bucky is the most irrelevant phrase that lasted 40 years, and then Gwen Stacy did it 10 years later. Kids, Bucky yeah. dead used to mean something. It used to mean a lot. It used to mean you were staying dead. It was like Uncle Ben dead. It is no longer, and neither is Gwen, and it really works. So I think we might get May Parker. I think we might get, since it said multiple generations, I think we get Spiderling. I think we should talk to Jody Hauser. I think uh, there are certain comics on the shelves right now that might be influencing these sequels that are coming down the line and perhaps Marvel is known to test the waters well, in comic tons. books. There's Aranya, there's Madame Web, there's yeah. uh, like, I don't know if they can use Jessica Drew, I'm very confused by the rights issues, but like <laughs> there's there's a lot of good options and I will throw in a good word for uh, the one that they're not using, I'm sure, but they should maybe consider it. They recently introduced Ryan North creation Spider-Ma'am. <laughs> which was like a six-page story in a Spider-Geddon spinoff about Aunt May, like with a floppy baker's hat uh, and spider powers, and was the cutest thing ever. I don't, I don't know if she'll make the cut, but we can hope. <laughs> we can dream. Uh, I think that it's also really cool that it sets up a universe that expands in the Sony-verse that doesn't feel like it's sacrificing anything. This movie really laid a lot of groundwork that will never feel like it's lacking because of the format choice, because of the animation styles, because of all those things. And having seen the film, I would watch a movie about any of the leads every time they mentioned the other universe i would watch that film separately that already has my money and the fact that this movie can introduce five movies just by that narrative yes so i'm yeah. i'm gonna officially do my like my non-spoiler review yes please see this movie <laughs> take everyone you know to see this movie it is something special i do not want to ruin it for you but the music the the art of it. I am a comic book fan. We are all comic book fans, and uh, it's there's something about you know. Turns out you can tell a story using pictures, uh, <laughs> and those pictures can look however you want them to look to tell the story in the coolest way you can think of. And this movie is like, what if that but movie? <laughs> I and it it I mean obviously comes in a long line of amazing and groundbreaking animation, but I've never seen it applied like this to something like this. I've never seen anything like this, uh, and it, it has a very difficult balancing act to do because there's a lot going on in the movie. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more happy I am with the choices that they made, uh, and uh, you know. If certain scenes don't affect you, your heart is made of stone, and I can't help you with that. I, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to say. Before I give mine uh, an unbiased, uh, nonpartisan perspective, what are some of the, from clips and experiences and, and trailers, what, uh, what do you think about the, the shape of the film? I mean, it's, it's I mean, they, they really, really squeaked every bit of entertainment they could out of this film, because even... Seeing stuff from the, you know, just being in the, I'll, I'll speak to it of more of being like in the world of animation where you just, you know, you know, people working on it, you know, you, and it's uh, everybody worked hard and up until the last minute. I was actually at 
the rap party for this <laughs> film, and they were leaving the rap party to continue working on the film, and that was like a week and a half ago. Or so. <laughs> so, render yeah, party, yeah, render yeah. party. Yeah, yeah. So it is. Uh, it was made with a lot of love, and like everybody on it was really like, they, and they should be super proud of it. It's, it's a great film. Yeah, it's amazing. So this movie, my spoiler-free review, it is hard not to speak in pure hyperbole, uh, <laughs> but I will say that some movies, when you see them, they are genre-redefining. Some movies, when you see them, they are evolutionary. Rarely is a movie both revolutionary and format-redefining. This film changes animation. This film changes comic books. This film changes the superhero movie genre all in one. I can't speak higher of this movie. As a, as a lifelong Spider-Man fan, I wanted to have children so I could see it again with my kids as soon as I left the theater. This movie made me want to have kids just so I could live it with a kid because it is childhood encapsulated in an hour and a half. I was smiling so much in the movie that I walked out in pain from glee. It is the funniest experience of Spider-Man I've seen yet. It is the most cinematic in in a way that I didn't think was possible. It's like the first time you see a new style of animation. It's like seeing Toy Story. It's like seeing Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's all those things but in 2018 and it blends them so seamlessly that you don't realize the sheer scope of what you're witnessing. It has more Easter eggs per minute than anything I've ever seen. It is so smart, so funny, and most of all, so heartfelt, and it truly, honestly, and endearingly understands the beating heart that is Spider-Man. Anyone can wear the mask, and it is the best possible movie for kids today, and I can't wait for the world to experience it because it changed me. I love this movie. It was so good. But we did you like it? <laughs> so neutral. Yeah. Pretty nonplussed. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I, I couldn't, like, I walked out of the theater in shock, and I knew I had to, like, corral thoughts. But the whole time I was like, I'm just in pain. Yeah. I'm just so happy. I was trying to scan the, the, the credits because I, I, I love to look for, like, special thanks for, like, all the, you know, I, I, I love when movies reference. And I'm, I think I must have missed some of the sections where they, like, uh, acknowledge some of the things. But there were some, some creator credits and shout-outs throughout that film. So many. Yeah. Uh, like, like really beautiful, clear ones. Uh, there are. Let's see. I don't. I, if I just name check a couple artists that get referenced in it, is it a spoiler? It's like spoiler light. I was trying to think of what we could say because because uh, people might not notice them if they don't know the name. Like we know the names of people that are art. So if they won't ping on the name, so I think it's safe. So, you know, for instance, if you enjoy Todd McFarlane or Bill <laughs> Sienkiewicz, uh or the fellows who came up with. Spider Gwen, or yeah. they, like, or there's, there's so much, mm-hmm. there's so much. Uh, 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 check, check the phone contacts. I'm, okay, that's not a spoiler. <laughs> check right? the that's it. Just promos. Check the- every <laughs> single image of a company in the background. Check those. Check phone <laughs> contacts. Also, if you're a hip hop person, there is so much like love letters to the world of hip hop. There's so much. Uh, art and not just the music. The music is obviously a love letter and obviously the world of Brooklyn. It's a love letter to Brooklyn, to Spider-Man and to hip-hop. It's really, it's a special movie and it's also like I couldn't believe how many good morals were like just distilled. Like there are so many like single lines of dialogue that are just like be a better person that are hidden in comedy. I was like if kids watch this, they're going to be subliminally told how to live their life better. It's like a step-by-step <laughs> guide. in a to good life. way. In the best way. I just, it was such a, my moral compass was righted so strongly. True North is there. Like it was, it was so good like yes i want it now i don't want to wait two weeks to see it again my big worry was that uh was whether they could balance all the stuff they set out to do with this being a miles film right and it really feels like a miles film and i was so happy um so your your you know your mileage will may vary i'm excited to hear everybody else's thoughts when we get to the point where you can have them it comes out december 14th it is currently tracking between 30 and 40 million according to deadline i think um which is really actually not bad for an animated film uh teen titans go to the movies opened to 10 mm-hmm. uh teenage mutant ninja turtles in 2007 did like 25 um big name disney ones get huge crazy opening weekends uh but it's kind of there aren't a lot of precedents for this specifically animated two feature <laughs> films in the theater uh, superhero films, like there's not a lot of comparison points, so 30 to 40 is is probably good, but we can beat that. I want 50 opening yeah. weekend, <laughs> and I also, I'm not going to let that mileage may vary pun go by. I don't know if she did that on purpose or not, but your mileage. I did, but I wish uh, I had. <laughs> and so from the world of animation, when you yeah. see this multiple genre 
style of film. Like, every Spider-Man has a different art style. Yeah. Seeing that come together for you as an animator, what's that like just viewing? I mean, it's really, it's hard, it's so hard to, to to set out and make something like this cohesive, you know, and I think they did an incredible job of it. I mean, even the the overall style is so daring and so new and, and really, you know... Um, you know, Phil and Chris have really pushed, you know, luckily they've had a good amount of success and they were able to come on and really push, push, push for, for this, for the, for the other directors on the film to, mm-hmm. uh, to get what they want, which I think you needed that kind of guys who were like proven box office success, dri- film driven guys to like, let's take a big chance. And it's also going to open it up, um, for everybody else <laughs> because everybody's going to want to see more movies like this and Studios are now going to greenlight more movies like this. I mean, as evidenced by the two sequels, they, <laughs> they didn't announce who's directing those. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I don't I believe cool. so. Then. So <laughs> nothing to add. On Isolation that. chamber. Yeah, 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 I was yeah, like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, Chris and Phil that you referred to, you all will yeah. be familiar with are Chris uh, Lord and Phil Miller. Did I get that backwards? You Phil did. Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. I, very sorry. Phil Lord and Miller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just know them by their last name. Uh, you you are familiar with their work because you loved the Lego Movie. Uh, probably because you loved Clone High. Do you have good taste, audience? Uh, they, but they had announced the directors. I wanted to make sure oh, before great. I said it because I heard yeah. a rumor, but I wanted it. Hollywood Reporter, so mm-hmm. I can't get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, who yeah. is worked on uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender yeah. and Voltron, will be penning the sequel. Yes. and then and he's a good friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, and he's worked at Titmouse. Yeah. Hollywood Reporter is safe, so we can say <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's public. Yeah. And then uh, it looks like Lauren Montgomery, Montgomery. Yes. 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 who did Batman Year One, Superman, Batman Apocalypse, will be handling the spider and those guys were the duo showrunners on the voltron uh series for oh, dreamworks fantastic. so now they're heading over there splitting up and, and tag team in these two movies which is going to be amazing That's i mean amazing. they're both super talents so yeah i'm super happy for them great job guys <laughs> we're allowed to tell voltron for folks who might have missed it has been like making a huge splash uh like the the fandom has been uh crazy high for it like the the bar for netflix stuff like a lot of people it has opened the door to a lot of really interesting stuff um the voltron reboot on netflix like has been super well received yeah uh, and avatar the last Airbender does all right people like <laughs> yeah, it. it's, you know it's okay I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, now, before we move on away from Into the Spider-Verse, I do want to say I cannot wait to see it with a non-press audience because I was embarrassed by how much I was, bah! like, hear the fall laughs. <laughs> Spider-Man noir steals so many scenes, and it really, like, that type of humor really, really landed. So I can't wait to see this movie again with, like, a, a kid audience and with, like, a Thursday night audience. And I'm really curious how different audiences react and how different people. So I was wondering what you guys thought of the the multifaceted aspect of Spider-Man. Spider-Man is truly you you put on the mask, you are Spider-Man. This movie is that as well. Like if any audience member can really appreciate it. Was that something that drew you to the animation style? Is that something that drew you to the story when you when you look at it? Yeah, I mean I was just happy to see anything that was this pushed and cool. <laughs> I mean and then they exceeded every expectation by like Twelve thousand. It was like <laughs> it was really cool. And I, I want to ask you, how many times are you going to see this movie? I've already got tickets for Thursday, yeah. and then I've already yeah. got tickets for Saturday, and yeah. then my girlfriend gets back in the town on the twentieth. So yeah. I'm going to see it at least four times before Christmas. All right. Cool. So I'll be contributing that fifty million yeah. at least four <laughs> tickets because yeah, yeah. I have two sets already. Yeah. So four is the minimum. All right. Because I have a problem. Sounds good. <laughs> so the the multifaceted aspect that really like with the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking this has something for everyone, and that's why I think it's going to bust that 34 and wide open i i hope so it is funny because there is a sense where i was just like this movie's for me like (laughs) y'all might all enjoy it but like that's peter porker spider ham uh and uh this you know wait like it it i do think it will have something for everyone i'm very curious to hear other people will react to it but right now i'm just kind of very selfishly stewing in my own happiness (laughs) like that it just that the balance worked out so well that it does have like that the 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 themes are so strong in it that the story is so well executed and that what you said like that it takes really big artistic chances that are going to look easy but like i'm sure we're not easy sells for anybody yeah. well that, that's why i think you're talking about the tracking i think this film's going to have legs oh, it's not going to be like this big boop 
and then it trails off. I think this thing's going to last for a long time through mm-hmm. through Christmas and beyond. And it's going to sell well on DVD. It's going to yeah, sell yeah. well on Blu-ray. Like everyone's going to own this film, so I think it's going to have yeah. legs theatrically, and then it's going to kill digital and, and physical. I think yeah, it's going to yeah. do great. Like I can't wait to own this because I need to frame by frame it because of the yeah. the sheer <laughs> stimuli of this movie. The style yeah. of animation makes you go like, "There's so much happening," yeah. and you need to experience it like with control. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's going to do insanely well. I really want 50 million. I'm, I'm pulling for 50 million. That would be incredible. <laughs> especially for an animated film, not from the mouse house. And I really love what Sony's doing with Spider-Man this year, 2018, the year of the spider, like with this this in the video game and Venom. Uh, uh, I really think it's a special year for Spider-Man and it's also a special year. For Aquaman. Nice segue. (laughs) (laughs) A different movie that we haven't seen yet. That will do well. (laughs) Uh, We are very excited to finally have something that we can attach to because, of course, as I've said several times, we haven't seen Aquaman yet. I'm not mad about it. I I just want to see the movie. I just, everyone I know has seen it. Just I know a lot of people have enjoyed it and they can't talk about it yet. (laughs) Uh, But while they can't do reviews yet, they can, uh, as of now, start talking about it on social media and talk about it they have. So reactions are starting to come in from... From folks who have seen early screenings of mm-hmm. Aquaman, uh, which is coming to you in just a couple weeks, and uh, they're so far good. They talk about how crazy it is and how bold it is and how the underwater action is great. It's a lot of swashbuckling is used. Um, I really was impressed with the sheer amount of people that used a lot of the same language, meaning that is a direct through line, fun fantastical like all, all these things everyone said like they all stood in a room and tweeted the same like the reviews are very consistently how much fun it is how crazy it is and how uh, contained it is I'm really excited for an Aquaman that doesn't feel like it's trying to build a universe that's trying to build it's Aquaman so having not seen it and having only seen Dorian strut around you know the office saying how good it is uh, I'm really excited to know what this next phase of the DC film universe is because of how excited I am for this and for Joker and for Wonder Woman 84 all the reviews have been how I felt after watching the last trailer so it looks like the last trailer really encapsulated the film. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, there there was again a pretty pretty reasonable consistency between the reviews where people said that it was a lot of fun. They they uh, I saw the word wild used. Uh, like there were folks who said you know that certain parts worked better than others, but that they were interested in sort of the like that they really committed to what they were trying to do, which mm-hmm. is the sort of thing I'm always looking for, um, where it's sort of like, if we're going to make an underwater adventure, please go hard. Like, you know, I've said that at every trailer. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm more, even more excited to see it. Uh, so, someone repeated what they had said at one of the earlier screenings that it had sort of a Marvel Phase 1 feeling, and as a huge Marvel Phase 1 fan, I am into that. Uh, so, like, that's, I mean, it's not a ton for us to go on. It's, it's other people's early reactions, but I'm, I am relieved that they aren't, like, horrible dud. Yeah. <laughs> or neutral. Sometimes yeah, neutral is like, even scarier. Yeah. It's like, got it. it was yeah. fine. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want anyone to walk yeah. into the theater without an opinion. So yeah. these are all strong opinions. Have you gotten to see it, or have you uh, heard I have, I have not. Okay, you're with us. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> At this table going, sounds good. Yeah, I like to see it. Why not? Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> and full tilt Aquaman. Like, the yeah. third act looks like it's going to be insane. The scope of those monsters and this underwater Lord of the Rings world they built, all of those things, like, yeah. we can only read the same tweets you are, yeah. but they sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so, we wanted to talk to you, oh, because me? you, you yeah. sir, yeah. at the desk, yeah. uh, you were good friends with John. Yeah. And wanted yeah. to hear tales and stories and experiences and titmouse. Yeah. Well, you know... Uh, it's interesting. Um, I've known John for uh, new John uh, for about 20 years because uh, I first became aware of him when uh, I was working at MTV, and he he swung by there. He had sent some stuff in, and he was working on some like interactive stuff. It was back uh, to the tail end of the CD-ROM days nice. when they thought like <laughs> CD-ROMs. It's the future. <laughs> it's, you can interact with things in a narrative and mist. You guys <laughs> ever seen mist? Revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, Y'all don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had done this one uh, called uh, Club Dead that he directed, and it was kind of going around the the studio. And he had sent in. Uh, I was I was on uh, Beavis and Butthead, or I might have just started a show that I that I, I created over there and. I I uh, had uh, I came across VHS, VHS tapes because they weren't even like burning DVDs of things back then of your own stuff of a thing John made called uh, Flack Crisp Total Action. I've heard and, uh, this yeah, movie. it was bizarre and crazy, and I was like, man, I got to meet this guy. And then he was coming through the studio, and we met up. And then I, I ended up moving to LA uh, like maybe a couple years after that, and and hooked up with him, and he cut. 
I was uh, starting to uh, direct commercials, and he, the producer, was like, "I know this editor who could cut your reel," and it was Schnepp, and and I went to his. Cra- I don't know if you ever went to his crazy compound house, and that's when he was running like his own like weird King Robot animation <laughs> studio out of his house. So we had a, paper all these people, Club. yeah, and like his weird green screen that was like half dilapidated from like rainwater damage, and this like, <laughs> editing suite upstairs. I remember being really impressed because it was like maybe like 2000 and the year 2000 and uh he had like a full-blown avid which back then was like a like well that's a pretty fancy piece of gear to have in your weird house Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah and uh yeah and we just started to become friends and started hanging out and then in our our like iteration our like titmouse 1.0 we had a little place in west hollywood that was like some offices and a storefront and he needed uh a place to edit so we rented an office to him initially to work on his own stuff so we'd hang out all the time and he's just you know he's just i mean you guys know him and the the you guys out there know him through this and and all the multiple ways he's he's put himself out there and and he was just such a a pleasure and a joy of a person to hang out with all the time always made you laugh was always honest you yeah. know and yeah. in every way yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> good or bad um but you know always good in the end and uh yeah, and, and, and working on Metalocalypse was such a, a fun time. We co-directed episodes together, oh, cool. so that was fun to fun to do. And it was so fun to work on that show because that was the first series that we did out of Titmouse. And it was a total mess, the way that we constructed it. You know, we weren't, <laughs> we weren't ready to do a series from a production standpoint. But just the personalities involved and the way we powered through it and the way we just figured it out was so fun because we we didn't... We didn't have the type of... We were artist-run. We weren't producer-run, so we didn't have, like, bottom-line type producers telling us to, like, cut it out and get get, get to the part where you're making the show. <laughs> it would be like, we just keep experimenting and, you know, sometimes improving and the, Brendan and Tommy improving to the point where I guess this is the show now that we're making and not the one that was in the script. And, you know, <laughs> and that's why I feel so organic still, it was, right? It's what sure, I've heard. It was very, very, very organic. You know? And it was, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of late nights hanging out with John, you know, especially out in front. That was when we had moved to our, like, our first building of our current location in Hollywood. And uh, back then it was like... And it still is, to a certain degree. Hollywood's a little bit more gentrified than it was. That was 2005 when we moved there, and, and that's when we started making Metalocalypse. It premiered in, in 2006. Uh, but it was heavily populated with a, uh, like a kind of, uh, trying to be respectful here, like a, uh, a, a population of, like, uh, transsexual prostitutes and uh, and uh, heroin uh, enthusiasts. Uh, you know. Tricky neighborhood. Yeah, 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 the fence yeah, yeah. was utilized. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember we'd stand out in front. Schnepp was a smoked a lot at that time, and we'd hang out. Uh, you know having a smoke break or whatever and uh i didn't smoke i just like to hang out and talk to him while he smoked and uh he just make up stories about the people walking by and and like do little voices for him and stuff and like you know make up worlds of like what was going on in their lives and stuff and there's this one uh this one paula i know her name now uh one of the one of the regulars in the neighborhood uh she would ride around on this bike and uh one of the artists there uh somehow in in the in in the lore of those, those uh, kind of getting off track, but it, it, it was, it, it was that, that was, uh, he was romantically involved with her and he would make up stories and how Junpei was the name of the artist. Hey, Junpei, if you're watching this and there's some story where he had collapsed and Paula was rushing him to the hospital and kicked down the door and screaming, Junpei, like carrying him so you could picture Schnapp screaming that. It was hilarious. The Schnapp know. world building yeah, yeah, was yeah, always yeah, strong. Exactly. Even the dangers of a heroin neighborhood, yeah, yeah, the Schnapp yeah, world yeah, building. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is uh, yeah, it's a real, real shame to see him go. Um, yeah. The uh, I, I was really lucky to have known him, and we uh, you know, recorded an interview. You know, I, I'm, I'm about to launch. This. I don't mean to p- jump right into a plug. But, um, I will make sure our audience is aware that you are the co-founder of Titmouse Animation Studios. Oh, um, yeah, they've made a bunch me. of your favorite yeah. things mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. over the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah. So um, this. Uh, this podcast that I shot, it took me forever to shoot. I shot most of them between 2015 and 2017 and spent this last year editing them. Did interviews with 24 artists where I just talked. We sat, and, we sit and draw on a big piece of paper for 30 minutes, and then we 
switch and draw on each other's pieces of paper. And I was glad to have Schnepp as one of those interviews, and we're going to launch it this weekend, and he's the first one that we're going to do. And it was it was interesting. I was just going over it this week, and I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I did this because we talked about his entire career, and it was up and down. This is how long ago we shot it. He was talking about how we just had gone to the premiere of the Superman documentary at, at the interview, and he was wow. like, and I'm going to release it soon. Was like, He's like, I'm still finishing it up. So uh, that's the point at which we shot that, which wow. when, whenever that was. Like, oh, my gosh. How like can people find that project? Uh, it's called The Tongue and Pencil because it's like yeah, the tongue is the talking part and the pencil like is that. the drawing part. And, uh, yeah, whatever. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be on a YouTube page, I guess, uh, Google it. <laughs> New Schnapp footage, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm always excited yeah, to see. Cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, he's just great, a great talent, and a great person. Uh, and you John all shared Schnapp. a lot of loves in common. Uh, yeah. common. I'm guessing you're you're also a comic book guy. Yeah, yeah. I grew up. I'm, you, you know, um, yeah. I grew up. Very much. I was very much a Marvel kid growing up. That was my jam, you know. Back in the, like, must-choose-a-side yeah. era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 60s and yeah, 70s, yeah. and I have 40 cents. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, like, my, like, probably, like, early 80s, you know, I was, like, a, you know, the whole, I mean, I mean, it was a huge run, but, like, I was probably, probably smack dab in the middle of, like, the, the like, Chris Claremont X, X-Men. X-Men, yeah. And that was the... Mm-hmm. That was the, you know, the thing that was like, oh, this is, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so good. And it was, you know, the John Byrne and then even into the Paul Smith and into the Ramita Jr. stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that was the run that was really my my main focus back then. And then I got into a little bit of a, like, speculative, like, comic books, you know, when I was like, 13 or something i was mm-hmm. like i'll buy every number one issue that comes out because when whatever and when i'm an adult i'll be able to My sell them for millions of dollars and that didn't work out so well <laughs> actually this was a bad time for yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh i actually went you know there was a certain point in in high school where i tried to like you know deny my true self where i was like all right if i'm gonna have to you know like, if I'm ever going to kiss a girl, I better, like, learn how to ride a skateboard. And I, I decided to sell all my comics with a, with my friends. And we went to this comic convention. We had the price guide. And we're like, okay, like, we're going to make bank. We've got, I've got this X-Men run from, like, 89 to 211 or whatever. And, nice. and so did so all my friends. And we, we, we pulled our money and got this table. And, man, those kind, this is back when it was, like, you know, at the Holiday Inn. And it wasn't, there was, it was no San Diego. This was in New Jersey where I grew up. And uh, everybody around us had the same comics in better condition. And they were, and they were all, like, sharks. You know, they saw us coming a mile away. And they just, like, you know, felt us out all day. And then the end of the weekend, we were... We were just bummed out. We had hardly, hardly sold anything, and they just came up, and I'm like, we'll give you, like, 25 bucks a long box for that stuff, and they just bought us out. We oh, made, like, man. 200 bucks to, like, split us. And I wish I had all those comics now, oh. but I had so many good runs, like a, like a really good run of Spider-Man, really good run of Hulk, like, all this stuff that was, yeah. like, from because I started in the 80s, like, buying and reading, but then I would buy back issues, like, from mm-hmm. the 70s when it wasn't that bad to buy them, you know. And now it'd be great to have that stuff. Bro. If what you're a, the yeah. dealers who ripped them off, yeah. Yeah. just some kids at a convention. Know that he changed animation is different now, but you caused a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, comics did pay off for you, but they paid off because you became an artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I thought I wanted to do um, was be a comic artist, and I had the uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, the classic, book, you know, the Bushema book, and and really that uh, influenced me so much, even in our storyboarding style, and so much. I still reference this one page that was like, you know, a kind of like diagram of like how to draw a Marvel character throwing a punch, and there was like it was like you know like weak. Like, you know, okay, not bad. And then there was, like, Marvel, which was, like, the super dynamic pose. And I use that even with storyboard people now. It's like, you remember that page? And it's amazing how many people remember that page. I was like, you got to draw it like the Marvel way. way. And then there was this big book called the, the Marvel Comics Tryout Book, which is a book, like, this big. It was, like, standard, like, comic drawing pages. And uh, I stared at that book 
for years and years and years and never drew a mark in it because I was always like, I have to get better to the point that oh I can be God. good enough to be a Marvel artist. And to this day, I still have that book. It's it, The good thing is it's in mint condition because I never did <laughs> draw in it. Did you at least <laughs> photocopy it and like do it on those? I just drew on other pieces of paper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was like, uh, yeah, you had to spend like 15 cents at the library to make a photocopy back That's then. That's true. Yeah. Can't just yeah. be throwing yeah. around that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> the tales of people like buying and selling comics back before Comic Cons were what they are today. Like yeah. John's stories of like the income, like export import of comic books yeah. in his life. He played them like stock. Like he was yeah. always like comics. Yeah. Were no, always, no, like, he this. was he was really good at that too because he was always riding that line where he'd make a lot of money on a show and then he'd have <laughs> a drought in the middle and then luckily he had this stockpile like almost like a like yeah. a stocks trader would be and he had a good knowledge of like what was worth selling and what wasn't and kind of he was always my voice eBay of reason for really well. like this will work out and yeah. then also he would then like fold a comic and I'd be like John yeah. what have you just done yeah. like it, it affected like my very soul and there were many episodes where he would yeah. make that joke on air just to see me like not be able to hang and yeah. it still haunts me the idea that one would fold a comic but yeah. he just had this like ability to be okay with whatever happened yeah. and now i have these books now i don't yeah. and i like can <laughs> never be that guy yeah. yeah he was like the dude with comics and i just never have been and yeah. i just respect that those, so much. those early conventions i spent a lot of time in those like when i was young like yeah basically going to the comic staples but also the vhs tape trading stuff in mm. animation was big back then because you just mm. couldn't get that stuff if you wanted like old ralph bakshi films or anime stuff it was like almost impossible to get that anywhere and that's where that's where you could get it you yeah. go in and you'd be like and a lot of it was just weird like illegal dubs like handwritten you know <laughs> like clearly just like you know it'd be like you know like just a you know jvc tape you yeah. know, with I the label that somebody wrote back yeah. in the tape trading days people would like have their own weird subtitles on the bottom that would be like don't sell this to so-and-so he's a jerk yeah. you know no one's <laughs> checking over them they're just yeah, yeah, like yeah. the drama is like spilling into the subtitles yeah um, yeah the like 80s and 70s were a different time yeah. in most mediums yeah. i get to see them but hearing stories of them is quite the thing yeah. uh, we have a lot a lot of minor mutations to dive into in the world of comics and then we want to talk comic pull list with you as well okay. but in the world of minor mutations let's take a quick break you know it's one of my favorite things to do post dancing rehearsal not gonna lie it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink you all know i love a glass of wine or two but i also like to switch it up so lately jason and i have been making a little cocktail at night using rum haven rum haven believes mother nature did things right so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away, which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some Rum Haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far. And three cheers for bar. More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. HomeSense, cheer is here. Podcast One Sports is your home for the Underdog Sports Network. Join Chris Horwadell and friends each week as they cover the biggest stories in sports with shows like Tales from the Association, the Underdog Sports NFL Show, and you're wrong and here's why. You can't rely on draft picks a lot of times with quarterbacks. There's four to five quarterbacks drafted in the first round that are complete busts. Check out all these exciting shows on the Underdog Sports Network every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
this was quite the week for news to drop. It really was. So, first of all, the UK uh, 2080 is coming for you. Rebellion, the company that owns the rights to the 2080 comics, just made a big investment. They are starting a studio in the UK with a big investment to make films. That's where they're going to make 2080. Uh, they're going to make the Dread TV series Megacity Ooh. 1. Is that what it's called? Megacity 0? I've oh, forgotten. I need to know. But there's a TV series <laughs> coming. There's a Dread TV series coming. And there's the Duncan Jones Rogue Trooper movie. And those will be happening at this brand new Rebellion Studio. We also found out that Do, Re, Mi, Far, So, La, T, Julie Andrews is an Aquaman. What? We'll talk about that because I have no idea what that's going to be. This <laughs> <laughs> is exciting. We don't know. Uh, next up, we... Uh, I was going by the pictures and I didn't... We also have the episode 100 flash mm-hmm. synopsis, which is very exciting because this show is so good and I'm really loving the fifth season, so I'm excited to see what a like mega-sized 100 is going to be. We have the last of the official promos for the Elseworlds crossover that's coming to DC TV next week. And this guy looking better than life, better than 80s comics, uh, perfect for next week. And Amy only pretended her laptop was locked so I could say Deadpool 2 <laughs> is coming for your awards. Best picture, Deadpool? Yeah, that's right. Wade Wilson and Meryl Streep going to be neck and neck this year. It's coming. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. We're, we'll get back to that. There's a new trailer for the next season of Young Justice. Young Justice Outsiders is coming to DC Universe, the streaming service, in January. The long-awaited. We also have two release dates from Sony, which we assume are Morbius and Venom 2, because Venom 2 just crossed $800 million. Whoa. So, Sony, just just plant some dates, man. It's yours. I can't. That's... (laughs) We live in a nutty world. Uh, New Hellboy image and a quote about the darker and bloodier take that they're going with for the next Hellboy movie from director Neil Marshall. I can't wait to talk about that image. Uh, We also have Alita Battle Aim... Battle Angel images, and this movie looks so crazy the more they release. I am so excited to see this. We also got some really interesting knowledge over this holiday week uh, from the DC What Might Have Been department. Uh, Director David Ayer revealed there was an earlier version of Suicide Squad that featured Steppenwolf uh, and would have tied in eventually to the Justice League movie. And speaking of Justice League, we have always more from Zack Snyder. We found out that there is some ancient art of Darkseid that was almost used, and he is still on Vero dropping little jabs and hints, so we'll talk about that as well. So as our guest, that giant smattering of news, a lot came out. Is there anything Oof. that piqued your interest most? Oh, man. Well, I can't wait to see that uh, the Hellboy, what's going yeah. on with the Hellboy. You know, I'm real interested. I worked on a, I directed a Mike Mignola project years ago. Head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was interesting to work with him on what he was really concerned about was making sure because they had done a, a Hellboy uh, animated thing around the same time and he was like make sure this looks like the comic and I took that to heart and I tried to make it look exactly like yeah. the comics which I think we pulled off um, who I uh, work with uh, Brian Fuller on that who's gone on to like a great success and really? stuff and he's, he's, he's awesome uh, but uh, yeah just knowing you know the Hellboy world and just how you know, deep and dark and weird that gets. I want to see how that's explored with a new, in a new way, you know, because we have, we've, we've seen it once. I yeah. want to see it again and different. And David Harbour, I think, yeah. is going to kill it. Yeah, like, yeah. David Harbour has that darkness and his, like, imposing yeah, yeah. physicality plus Hellboys. Like, yeah. they look so cool. I'm really excited for that one, too. I'm yeah. curious about this because I, like, I, I desperately want to see the movie. I'm I'm kind of still adjusting to photorealistic Hellboy, which yeah. I didn't <laughs> expect. I, I think partly because, like, everything Mignola does has that quality you're talking about, where it's like, don't do it halfway when you can do it Marvel! Yeah. You know? Like, that level of expression. <laughs> and and it is... he. It doesn't quite look like Hellboy to me yet. And maybe that's because I'm just seeing him standing in a random hallway. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, standing yeah, in a random yeah, hallway yeah. is not the Hellboy way. Like, yeah, gracefully thing. flying through the air while poetically chosen werewolves are behind you is the Hellboy way. Yeah. And I presumably <laughs> will get that. But uh, I don't know. It's I'm, just I'm a not quite there yet. on the fence. I just... He's got a lot of hair on his head. <laughs> I mean, he's also got hair here, which I, it does match the comics. I, it's just an interesting... I don't know. I'm on board. I want to mm. see the movie. There's just something that's visually not quite clicking for me yet. All right. All right. 
So time will tell, and I'm excited for Neil Marshall's take as well. I love Guillermo del Toro. I'm just curious what someone else sees that vision as, yeah, just, just out of curiosity. Any there. next crack at Hellboy is inherently interesting. Right. So I'm obviously going to see it, and I'll probably love it and eat these words. <laughs> so I would like to talk about those two release dates, because I think... $800 million Venom. I think um, Jared Leto shaving his beard. It was the funniest thing to see. So Jared Leto's had this giant beard for a long time, and he's in a band. He's got a giant social media following. The way they officially announced the start of Morbius was a video of Jared Leto shaving, which <laughs> was the weirdest, like, that makes sense. That is a thing that would need to happen. But I was, like, watching someone shave, like, what am I doing with my life right now? But, oh, yeah, Morbius. Oh, what, what a weird... So that's how they announced that it was officially going. Um, so that means that is probably one of those two release dates. But also, Venom doing this well means the budget for the next one can be insane. It can be as crazy as the second two acts of this movie were. They can do Carnage justice hopefully with CGI. I'm hoping it's a, I mean, it's got to be hard PG-13. There's no way it's going to be an R after this one did so well. But I'm really curious what the Sony-verse builds out into with the inevitable success of Spider-Verse with the way that the Spider-Man game went this year. Plus Venom, like they've had a giant year from an IP that a lot of people didn't have any faith in after Spider-Man 3, five years later reboot, a sequel that they had to reboot very recently like there's been a lot of spider-man in the last 10 years and a lot of different spider-men so after venom's raging success it's a it's a it's a new life for sony and i'm really curious about what this universe looks like what do you guys think that game alone is so good oh, the game is my so six-year-old son just likes to be he doesn't even want to do the story. he just wants to swing around <laughs> New York for like when when it tells him like hey man you're supposed to be fighting a bad guy he's like why does it keep telling me that I just want to keep swinging around and I'm like you know you got a point there have you explained yeah. that with great power comes great yeah. responsibility yeah. 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 it would be so mean if the game was like you've spent 20 hours just swinging around so we're just going to declare that something bad happened because you weren't being yeah. Spider-Man and we'd all be like no you can't why yeah. what we, we thought this was you know that would be the, don't do it because it would break our hearts but that would be true. that's how you get the black suit because it's like you must be corrupt yeah. Just a like, you, you ignore all these people. Uh, it's, it's been an incredible year for that. I am very interested in the future of this uh, Sony Spiderless Spider-Verse. Um, it is interesting because, uh, like, I, I'm down with a Morbius movie. Uh, I am excited to see it. But I hope that they are not under the impression that there is the same level of built-in audience interest for a Morbius movie that we had for Venom. Fair. Because the... That is that is a stratospheric difference. Like you cannot just throw a new Morbius number one in every year and a half in a comic book store and have sales like I see every time we get new Venom. Uh, it like we we talked to this past summer about Venom boys, um, the Venom boys of any gender, but like just folks who love like we were talking before the movie came out where we weren't sure how it was going to do, but we know like there's this deep wellspring of love for that character, and like I don't want to overstate the case, but like. There are no Morbius boys. Like, <laughs> there are a lot of us who love the Marvel Universe who are interested in other takes, but without, like, I, I don't know. Probably they're aware of all this. Probably they know what they're doing. Um, it, it will be very interesting to see how it goes. I would love, like, I still want them to make whatever silver and black turned into, yeah. whatever silk is, has turned into. Spider-Verse um, will help that. Like, Spider-Women movie getting, I think silk could be a part of Spider-Women. I think all those things will help that. So, yeah. I think Morbius is a weird second play for your new universe. <laughs> That's fair. But I thought Venom was a weird first play, so what do I know? Uh, $800 million in the bank. I mean, Venom, I was, like, it had a very, like like intense influence on me because I was front and center. I think it was the, I was the target because mm -hmm. I was like secret wars, you know, right when that I was buying all those and black suit. I was like, whoa, what's going on and all that and seeing Venom birth and stuff as a kid. But my weird relationship with it was when I was trying to become a comic artist, my main character was a character called Venom that I would draw oh, all yeah. the time. And then when they did <laughs> it, I was like, oh, man, I guess I guess I got to pack this one in. You know, so the bittersweet he's headlines. more of like a snake based character, yeah. you know, which makes, makes some kind of sense yeah, 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 yeah when you see headlines it's like venom made 800 million yeah. dollars you're kind of like could have been uh, i also i'm really curious about the entire shape of movies with superheroes going forward since sony is now its own stronghold like will the marvel rights go back to sony after the end of this lease will the mcu have to go on without spider-man like what's that going to be now that sony i i guarantee they're looking at things a little differently now that 800 million dollars happened for better or worse i'm not i want tom holland in the mcu i'm not saying i want that to happen i'm just curious how 
how things are going forward, phase five and so on with this giant, giant. I don't think anyone was counting on 800 million. So it's definitely yeah. going to change what superhero films and different studios do. We certainly, compared to a year ago, we are definitely more committed to whatever this current weird structure is. Like, you know, if if there hadn't been an amazing game, an amazing animated film, and a massive unexpected blockbuster this year, like, maybe there was a chance that Sony, like, if some of that had failed or not come to pass, they might have been like, ugh, maybe we'll let them buy us out of this contract. But, like, yeah, I really don't see that happening now. <laughs> so I guess sure. Disney has to buy Sony? Like, what is... Speaking hey, of stranger things, things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, strangely, there was ancient Darkseed art originally planned for Justice League. I assume it would have been like we we already got glimpses of like the the ancient world, mm-hmm. and I could see how this would sort of fit in with that. And Steppenwolf being like a general to Darkseid's like leader, I really would have liked if Darkseid was like the big bad at the end, and if it was the three hour cut of Justice League, if they'd done the two Justice League movies that we had all heard about, I would have really loved to see movie one Steppenwolf, and then it's only to set up Darkseid for the second film. That would have been amazing. All of this. I, I like there's nothing like broken record hashtag Snyder cut like hurts me to even say the word Snyder cut but I want to know what this movie was going to be the more I hear about it like whatever Zack Snyder's doing on Vero is totally working for me because I'm like what was that movie every single time you are the target like I um, for I did this is old territory for those who've watched the show for a long time I'm I'm not super convinced that I would have loved that version uh, I'll never get to know we'll never get to know uh, I, I like so I am interested in these glimpses and these other plans, but like I do like I I'm, I'm having kind of the opposite effect where the more I learn about what would have happened, I'm like, huh, okay, well probably in 15 to 20 years maybe they can deal with him. They'll do a deluxe format comic book edition of Zack Snyder's like how it was supposed to go, and I can just file it under Elseworlds, um, <laughs> and it'll be uh, like maybe at that point I'll be on board. But you know. I do think, like, it's fun to see art that didn't make the cut. It's mm-hmm. fun to hear, like, this completely sort of bonkers alternate Suicide Squad thing. Where this, yeah. they, like, so Enchantress was going to be controlled by Steppenwolf. Uh, or and That's the, the vibe I got, that she was going to be an underling to Steppenwolf, and that's why the mysticism, he was the thing causing that with a mother box. The mother box was a lot of the supernatural element in Suicide Squad, which would have tied that universe together. But then that's like the structure of like she, Enchantress under Steppenwolf under Darkseid, I guess. Yeah, but the they, couldn't, if they, they couldn't have defeated Steppenwolf because then he wouldn't have been injustly. But like when the two movies collapsed into one, that had knock-on effects on Suicide Squad, apparently. So mm. I, that'll be one of those like... I will read all of the books that are written uh, eventually on what exactly was going on behind the scenes because we just don't know. We weren't in those rooms. And the idea that it had such a ripple effect that David Ayer had to do so the last minute rewrites, last minute like uh, extensions of what the third act was going to be. we also know that that movie was written very quickly. So right. at what phase was this other version even a thing? And did they film things where the third act featured like that mystical element where their mother box might have been mentioned? Like what was it's a lot of movie. It's a lot of like for b- movies this big it's not like an indie film where you change it the last minute. These are hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. They're like, that won't work. Fix it. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think about Steppenwolf being in Suicide Squad? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know what you... Like, what information do you guys have? He was on Twitter. Yeah. People, people just asked him and he was like, this is what was going to happen. David Ayer is just on Twitter talking about like, right, these huh. alternate plans. I guess his NDA yeah. ran out. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. And Zack Snyder and Vero like once a month being like, here's a screenshot. Sin. Yeah, like, yeah. Single-handedly keeping Vero open. Zack Snyder and weird little mic yeah, drops. Yeah, Vero is a social media service that I only yeah. ever hear about when Zack Snyder says this. Yeah, you know, it seemed like I joined that one day when a bunch of artists all joined it and then i never opened the app again <laughs> like what happened to it i i, I opened yeah. it for his post yeah uh, the, and the funny thing the thanksgiving post i don't know if you guys saw his thanksgiving post uh he had a picture of a turkey with a thermometer in it and he's like up oh, justice league needs one more hour i think and i was like oh it was a solid funny thing he even yeah. like it was a subtweet he didn't say justice league it was just a picture of 120 and he was like hmm about an hour longer Clever boy. And, you know, not going to argue with uh, how you spend your Thanksgiving, but, like... <laughs> so, let's see. Uh, so this this was the actual quotes, David Ayer on Twitter. Uh, something the big fellow may have been Steppenwolf. He goes, exactly, Steppenwolf was the original boss fight. Oh. And somebody went, is this true? And he went, this is right. Enchantress was under the control of a mother box, and Steppenwolf was prepping an invasion with a boom tube. Had to lose that when the JL story arcs evolved. Hmm. But it is weird because it's like, if they beat him in that film would he have 
still been the main bad guy of the first half of Justice League? What was the plan, and when did it change, and I, how does this fit it in? Is, it is super frustrating to work on. We, we've done a bunch of these in the cartoon world where you're either working on... Uh, it's generally like either an animated TV show or a animated project marketing thing or whatever uh, that's tethered to a movie or, an, or a bigger property. Like the first time we ran into this is a thing Joaquin DeSantos uh, directed, which is this G.I. Joe Resolute that we did that was like an adult, like badass G.I. Joe thing. And they were like, well, we'd go in different directions. They're like, ah, we're doing something like that in the movie, but we weren't allowed to read the movie script or know anything <laughs> about it. So we'd like go blind in these different directions. They'd be like, sorry, can't, can't tell you why, but you can't do it. And they were also considering a sequel at the time and stuff. So they even had multiple iterations. They're like, why? And then also we do a lot of DreamWorks spinoff stuff. So whenever they're considering a sequel, they're like, maybe, uh, you know, you can't do that in the show because that's stepping on what we might be thinking about for a sequel. But you never know. It's all this like flying blind stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure with these movies all interconnected, that's got to be infinitely more complex and expensive because if you spent like they're burning they're like burn rates got to be i can't even imagine how expensive it is if you spend a month going down a path and then you find out you can't do it and have to go back i mean yeah. look at the death of return of superman like the yeah the, yeah, yeah, yeah the burn exactly. rate on an entire feature yeah. that john made a documentary yeah, yeah, about yeah. like that is burn rate yeah, yeah there you superman go superman lives what happens yeah. Yeah. i'll watch yeah, find the, out by the way the <laughs> version of like reality where these shared universes can have one ping that changes your entire hundreds of millions yeah. of films that's that's hard it's what yeah. we ask for as comic book fans but i think we do underestimate just how tough it is to pull that off mm-hmm and that's why we're getting an Elseworlds Joker. That's why I think it's good mm-hmm. that you can have these little pockets. I think it's safer to go like, this is over here. It doesn't touch anything. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. Should we talk about comics themselves? Uh, we should, <laughs> but first you should say why Deadpool 2 should or shouldn't get a Best Picture Oscar. Deadpool is a very important film because <laughs> it reanalyzes what it means to be R-rated funny, PG-13 funny, what it means to restructure things just for the very spirit of cinema. And I think that'll... I have nothing. I just think it's a very funny campaign. I couldn't even invent a campaign. Yeah, the news we're responding to is that uh, this is the time of year where studios start sending out their sort of consider us for awards things. And there's it's usually some interest uh, just in looking at who is pushing for what, where you're sort of like, oh, they're they're sort of... They, they have such faith in this person's performance and that that they're going to push it for Best Oscar. And so we start talking, or for Best Actor, and we start talking about that stuff. And so apparently, um, possibly the- as just a Deadpool-esque joke, we're not sure. Oh, I think it's definitely a yeah. tongue-in-cheek. Like, <laughs> free marketing, we're talking about it. Yeah, and it's it also, what's more Deadpool than being like, hey, how about Best Picture? Like, yeah. it's 100% in canon marketing. But yeah. I was trying to play along and I failed because whatever ads they come up with are going to be gold. And I couldn't think of it. Like, what an inspired choice. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I guess campaign for that should you so desire. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we with the source material themselves. Let's talk about our comic pull list of the week. It is new comic book day, and we have picked out five things that caught our eye this week that you should grab at your local comic book store or at Comixology. Our very first is Dead Man Logan <laughs> number one. If that title sounds confusing, and if you're wondering how many Wolverines there are, us too. We'll talk about it. Ironheart number one. I've been really looking forward to this book. I got to read a preview. It is fabulous. It is by Eve Ewing, uh, an acclaimed author from other parts of the literary world, uh, jumping into comics and making a big splash. We also have DC's Nuclear winter special number one which is a beast of a book it's two all new stories i mean 10 all new stories it is a a mammoth book and it's a great just jumping on point because it's a lot of really good talent in there i am in love with these anthologies dc's doing uh and in the weird side of marvel infinity wars weapon hex Number two, this is one of their Infinity Warps, and I'm going to make Koi tell you what they are because it's hilarious to watch. (laughs) We have Black Hammer Library Edition Volume 1, which you may have guessed is an Amy Dallin pull because she (laughs) loves these anthologies. You're going to love this book, Koi. You sold me on so many. I'm going to sell them and me at the same time. Let's talk about them. All right. uh, So of those five... Uh, Black Hammer, I'll start at the end. Black Hammer, this is just a special hardcover version of the book I am always talking about that Jeff Lemire does uh, over at Dark Horse that was recently picked up for a giant option extravaganza by Legendary for movies and TV. It is a his own superhero universe uh, with the, like some incredible artists he's collaborated with on a few different series within it, but it all starts here. Uh, Library Edition is Dark Horse's way of saying very nice for your bookshelf hardcover. <laughs> um, it's the first two arcs of Black Hammer, and it comes out in stores today. I would like to tell you 
that imagine if instead of Thanos snapping that 50% of people dusted, imagine if Gamora had the Infinity Stone and 50% of people exist because two people combine into one. Half the population is now one in the weirdest mega event in Marvel in a very long time that is somehow amazing. This is one of the spinoffs of that. It is Weapon Hex, which is X-23, Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, X-23 and Doctor Strange are one, and it's incredibly smart writing. It's beautiful art. It's really fun, and I never imagined that the worlds of the female Wolverine and Doctor Strange would parallel so well, but they really, really do. So check out Weapon Hex. It's only two issues. That's the whole run. It's literally a two-issue run, and it's it's the, one of the most gonzo titles I can imagine, and we always talk about how new artists and new writers get a chance to dive into these books because of the weirdness. This is the perfect one to discover maybe your new favorite writer because it, it is something weird and special. And that might also happen to you if you check out the DC Nuclear Winter special. They've been doing a ton of these anthologies that are 80 to 100 pages um, where they just get a bunch of people to do short stories. This one's like, it's like I think they have a real holiday special coming, but this one's like a, a terrible alternate apocalyptic future stories. So enjoy that with your holiday spirit. Uh, but it's a, like a, just a, an incredible lineup. Uh, my friends uh, Jack Lansing and Colin Kelly have a story in here. I believe Tom Taylor has a story in here that I'm already getting a lot of buzz on online. Uh, that uh, and this was the Twitter tip I saw this morning. Skip the table of contents because one of the titles might be a spoiler for the stories. Just read the stories. Oh, just read it. For shit. Mm-hmm. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything that jumped out at you from this list? Oh, man, I'm so un- I'm such an old school. I live in the past guy with comics. I don't know. You guys have said it all. I don't even know what to <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I it's mean, it's moving real fast. Every week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weapon hacks is weird. That's that's the one that's the most intriguing to me. <laughs> that wasn't even on my radar. I couldn't believe they got away yeah. with it. I was reading this book. I'm like, why is this my favorite yeah, book this yeah. week? When number one came what out, was I, was like, the, I just yeah. read the one. Well, I used that's... to love the what ifs. Yeah. You know, and it feels like that's like it's that's, like that's that basically that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I just yeah. read the the recent one that was uh, the the Ghost Rider Black Panther mashup. Yes, it's so good. Ghost Panther. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, he, yep, he leaves his country behind to go be, as his sister calls him, like a motorcycle clown. What yep. is, it's great. Sure, he calls him a motorcycle clown. 80% of the time it works every time. Ghost Panther. Uh, we also have Ironheart number one. Yes. She's getting her own uh, solo title under her own name. She, of course, was the main character for Invi- of Invincible Iron Man for a while. She's a legacy character, uh, the latest in, uh, you know, one of the oldest traditions in comics. Uh, and... So I, I was just really impressed with this debut. Yeah. It's, it's oversized. They pack in, like, character building, background, superhero fight, science shenanigans, solving a mystery, which, like, it, it sounds easy to be like, here are the things that you should do in a first issue that will show off what you bring to the table and why I should be excited about the story. Uh, it looks easy, but it's not. Uh, and to get all of that in one where you're sort of like, okay, yes, this is how she thinks. This is what she's struggling with. This is what I hope happens for her. Um, to get that all in and be like, and satisfying villain punching. Like, it was <laughs> it just really well done. I'm excited for this book. And I love her new suit. They debuted like two months ago. Her new suit, like, really makes it her own. I'm really excited for Ironheart. I, I totally agree. Uh, Dead Man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got your X23, who's the real Wolverine Actually, right now. That one definitely intrigues me. <laughs> <laughs> you got your Logan. You've got your old man Logan. Now you got your Dead Man Logan. Because. Oh, yeah. Um, Wolverine is in the middle of coming back from the dead right now return of wolverine also shipped today number three of five so that's happening over here there's also five spinoffs that takes place before the return of wolverine that are like the search for uh Hunt weapon for wolverine it's four four part series in a one shot i'm sorry comics are insane so yeah it is many mini series that lead up to another mini series called the return of wolverine which leads up to this mini series called dead man logan which is still not the other one hasn't ended yet but in the meantime uh regular logan in our universe has been our universe the one we live in which is fiction Marvel uh, has been dead since 2014, and in his place since 2015, we've had an alternate universe Logan uh, who is from the old Mark Millar storyline, Old Man Logan, and has had his own book now for 50 issues. Which is impressive. Uh, but the end is coming for Old Man Logan. Uh, 
so he's his days are numbered uh so dead man logan number one starts today and this is i love comics but it's a lot y'all so while <laughs> old man logan is dying and he's been it's been going on for like 12 issues he's had like regen x which is this this hgh type thing you can import in you but it slows down his, his healing factor day to day but it speeds it up in time to fight it's this whole thing he's been decaying and he just fought like a giant hulk he's practically dead so he's gonna die in dead man logan but that's your old man logan while return of logan brings back young man logan so it's forming some sort of X, you see. That's what's happening. I really wish Comics had a map that I could just be like, trust me, it makes sense. We would all look like red string people. It'd be, yeah, a beautiful mind just on our faces. Uh, we Twitter questions? We got, we got time? Yeah. All right, let's do them. Okay, so uh, please remember always to send us your que- Twitter questions with hashtag Collider Heroes. This week we heard from Rafael Matos at RafaComPH who asked, Hey guys, what if Sony introduced their own Spider-Man? Maybe Ben Riley, Miles Morales, or Miguel O'Hara. Love you guys. Stay sweaty. I do believe there's a movie coming out December 14th that features Miles Morales yes. uh, that Sony did. So I, I, I think <laughs> I think that not everything needs to be live action. I think Miles Morales coming live action is something that will happen. I think that the Spider-Man Homecoming Donald Glover scene talking about his nephew is the best world-building line in comic books. It's one of the most amazing Easter eggs because Donald Glover influenced Miles Morales. Then he got to talk about him and introduce him to the universe. Anyway, I think he's coming, but I think that you need to fall in love with Tom Holland through multiple movies so when we lose him, there's the impact of Miles. And in the meantime, you get your cake and eat it too because you have a Miles Morales movie in theaters in two weeks while you have a Spider-Man Homecoming DVD at your house and you have a Spider-Man Far From Home coming up. So you're getting that. And I think that Miles Morales needs to be legacy and a little, little later for live action. But I think you're getting Miles right now. I just like this question because these are all great characters. Uh, I pulled this a few days ago before we even had a chance to see the movie just because I'm in a very Sony mood. Um, but it is, like, legally, I don't really know if what exactly would go down if they were like, we are making a live-action movie with a different Spider-Man than the one who is ours that we loaned to Marvel in this weird deal. (laughs) Like, it probably cuts into their own interests in the sense of, like, you have a Spider-Man that people are aware of who is currently active-ish, Infinity War spoilers, um, (laughs) in the live-action universe, it probably doesn't make sense to immediately go to that. And I don't know, like what the I, I have no idea how these rules work if you tried to like make a Ben Riley movie, which granted would be difficult without a Peter Parker. Um but I do think that you should all go see Spider Man into the Spider Verse and I, I I keep telling you this, but like I'm no longer sure why we even make live action movies. <laughs> and that movie was so incredible. Yeah. To speak of Miguel O'Hara, I think that we should, if we do a live-action Spider-Man that isn't Peter Parker, I think Miguel O'Hara, as directed by the Wachowskis, or maybe Denis Villeneuve, who did Blade Runner 2049, a Batman Beyond-esque future Spider-Man in Nuevo York would be an amazing way to... Nuevo York. Thank you. To separate from Peter Parker, have it set in the near future, have all the Blade Runner-like tech, and shoot it like Batman Beyond was, and have that be your Spider-Man at Sony? Yes. I will take that in a second. That would be Spider-Man 2099, which that would be a way to do a whole... Sony-verse that doesn't interfere with anything because they're all in the future. And play with all the mythos. It's right there. <laughs> I think I think it's all. What do you think about one of these guys spinning off? <sighs> yeah, like you said. I mean, we just got it. We just got it. <laughs> you know? I mean, we got a million of them. Or I don't know how many. Seven of them in a movie. Or yeah. How many it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And I think it is going to lead. I mean, it's clearly going to lead to more. Yeah. You know? That's... that's you can expect it. You can expect it. Congrats, yeah. Sony. Nice fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> I thank wasn't you, even trying. Thank you so much for, for joining us today, Chris. Uh, uh, where oh, can people you. find you on the internet? Or uh, I guess, you know, uh, for Titmouse stuff, our Twitter's like uh, at Titmouse Inc. Uh, uh, for me, it's at Chris Prynoski. Uh You could see like... Big Mouth Season 2 currently on Netflix. Congratulations, um, by yeah. the way. Uh, Neo Yokio is premiering, I think, this weekend. Uh, Christmas special also on Netflix. Uh, Little Big Awesome uh, is on uh, Amazon right now, a show we did for them. And Nico and the Sword of Light Season 2 coming out on Amazon, I think, in like a couple of weeks. Wow. I should, I should know these like, How do you keep track dates? of all of this? Yeah, yeah. That's so And then a bunch of stuff coming up that I can't talk about. Cool Adult Swim stuff that you'll hear about in the future. Actually, one of our Adult Swim shows, an episode not unlike Deadpool, they're doing an Oscar campaign for animated short. Yes. Which it's never going to get. But <laughs> it's going to be fun. That show is called Tig Tone, which will be out next year. 
Excellent. And you helped bring us uh, the Black Panther BET show. So I, oh, yeah, I yeah. wanted to thank Way you Way back in the olden days. Yeah, that that yeah, yeah, was yeah. The, one of the, my first introductions to him. Yeah, Reggie yeah. Hudlin. Reggie Hudlin's great. He's a good, good dude. And it was a lot of fun to work with him on that. Uh, mm. Thank you for getting Thank this. you so much yeah. for coming to Collider Heroes today. Right on. Thank you for um, having me. Th- with your excellent, excellent yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> didn't coordinate Wonder this. Twin <laughs> Powers activate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, stay sweaty. Sweaty. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.